welcome to the Digiday Podcast. My name is Kaylee Barber, media editor at Digiday. And I'm Tim Peterson, senior media editor at Digiday. Tim, you have the interview this week, and you spoke with Dan Roth, who is the editor-in-chief and VP at LinkedIn. And I'm really curious because editor-in-chief implies there is a focus on original content that the platform is going to be looking at. Um, what's the kind of ambition, like editorial ambitions that LinkedIn is focusing on right now? Yeah, so they've been doing original content for a bit. Um, we kind of talk about like the evolution of Dan's time at LinkedIn because he's been there for, I think, a little over a decade at this point. Um, but how like in recent years, they've been you know, producing their own newsletter um, and then, you know, podcasts and live shows as well. And I could think the newest thing on this front is they just hired their first head of original programming, Courtney Coop, who comes from CNN. And so she's going to be in charge of um, audio and video original programming. And so talked with Dan about what the plans are, ambitions are there. Got it. So audio, video, is that kind of the next step forward, like an expansion outwards from what you mentioned around newsletters and kind of written content? Or um, is it a complete kind of shift in focus away from the newsletters that they started out with? Yeah, it sounds more like an expansion. Um, I think they're still sorting out what exactly the original audio and video programming plans are going to be under Courtney. But I mean, they've been tying, you know, video into the newsletters where they do like video versions of the newsletters. Um, and then on the audio front, they launched the LinkedIn podcast network. Um, and so they have uh, 12 podcasts that are part of that where LinkedIn, you know, pays the creators of those podcasts and then sells ads against them. And so they've definitely, you know, already have a hand in these things. Um, so I think it's, yeah, more the expansion than necessarily a radical shift, at, at least from the sound of it right now. We'll see a year from now where things stand. Got it. Awesome. Well, I'll let you guys get into it. Thanks, Tim. Cool. Thanks, Kayla. Dan Roth, welcome to the Digiday Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So, Dad, I mean, you've been at LinkedIn. You were originally executive editor. You're now editor-in-chief, but it's been more than 11 years. And I would imagine that when you joined, there probably would have been an over-under. And I think that over-under, like most people probably would have taken the under in terms of how long you would have continued to be at LinkedIn. Because I would imagine, maybe even for yourself, there may have been some skepticism of, okay, this is a tech platform hiring a business journalist to stand up a news team, what is actually going to be their level of commitment to news? So 11 years ago, a little over 11 years ago, like, did you have a healthy amount of skepticism about what exactly LinkedIn was hiring you for? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of belief in what the company could create. Um, but I didn't know how it was going to work out. And I wasn't entirely sure what I was getting into. I had a, an, I had some thoughts about what we could create, um, but m my thinking was, I'm going to go for two years. I will learn a ton about how a tech company works, and I'll develop a much broader network than what my network currently was, which was at that point was all business journalists. And this was a time where there were all kinds of layoffs going on. And I was like, you know, I am going to be 
in a situation where at some point I'm going to get laid off. We all, all, all of us do in, in, in the business. And my entire network was being laid off at that point. I was like, this is not a healthy way to grow a career. So I'm going to go, I'm going to learn. And my, my thinking was, no matter what happened with LinkedIn, I would learn so much at a tech company about how a tech company operates. I was, at the time, I was the editor-in-chief of, of, uh, of Fortune.com. And it just, every day we were running into issues with trying to expand um, our mobile and our web capabilities. And we were just, we were, every solution was a tech solution. Everything that we had to do required understanding where, uh, how, how to make our tech infrastructure work better and um, how the platforms were operating. And I just thought, I'm going to go and I'll, I'm going to learn how this works and it will be useful for life. And so you're right, that was 11 and a half years ago, and I love what I do, and it is different every year, maybe every six months, new challenges, learning all kinds of new things. So I just feel like, um, I, I mean, I just, I still feel like I am at the very start of what's possible here. What was the mandate for you at the start? The thinking at the time, so our CEO at the time was Jeff Weiner, and he had, just to give you a little background, I had... I had flown out to LinkedIn um, about 12 years ago to see whether we could, we at Fortune could use an API from LinkedIn. At the time, LinkedIn had was was you know your your professional identity, and it had a little bit of content. You could basically hook your Twitter feed up to your LinkedIn account. That was that was the state of the content on LinkedIn, and. Um, for something we were building for Fortune, I wanted to see if we could use LinkedIn's APIs. We would then um, marry that to Fortune data on the Fortune 500, and we would have this app that was designed to work for salespeople to give them a sense of the people and the companies they were selling to. That was my idea with an app. So I flew out to LinkedIn to see about using the API, met Jeff during that trip, and I can't remember how much longer it was, but it, it might have been a few weeks, maybe a week later. I don't really remember now. He reached out and said, hey, we're going to move in the content. We're going to start bringing professional content news and, and, and ideas on the LinkedIn. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, you know, thinking it didn't, at the time I couldn't totally understand what he meant by it. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, this, and, and I think it's hard now to maybe think of LinkedIn that way, but at the time there was really no, there was no feed on LinkedIn. There was no, it was just, it was just Resumes. I mean, it was just your the, the, your professional experience listed out in chronological form, and you could then reach out to other people who you were connected with and who they were connected with. Um, and the more I thought about it, I was like, actually, this is amazing. People are coming to LinkedIn every day to be able to find professionals they want to work with or to get better understanding and people who they are doing business with. And the ability for LinkedIn to build a media operation or a content operation on top of that seemed like seemed like there was just a world of of possibilities. And what I loved is that I was you know I'm, I was a business journalist from when I was in high school. I decided I wanted to be a business journalist. Went to college, focused on being a business journalist. Applied only to business weekly papers when I left college. I was the only kid in my class, I think, that did that, and uh, for good reason. And um, and then I got this, I, I worked my way up, and, but the only thing I wanted to do was to tell business stories. And the idea that LinkedIn had this professional context is what really sold me. I knew that no matter what happened, it was always going to be business relevant. 
And so having a CEO who's committed to content and committed to high quality content of that, committed to this professional um, or business uh, context for that content, I was like, this is this is a perfect fit for me. If I'm going to go anywhere, this is the place I need to go. Got it. And how soon after you joined did that become a reality or did the reality become different? Like I heard a story that you told in an interview, or I think it was like your first day on the job, you got asked to copy edit an infographic, which at, on the one hand sounds exactly like what you would expect, you know, overseeing content at LinkedIn to be like, especially back in 2011. On the other hand, it also seems like eh, maybe that wouldn't have necessarily been the vision when accepting the job. It was, um, so when I joined, LinkedIn Today had launched right before I joined. LinkedIn Today was our first um, efforts in business news. And the way LinkedIn today worked is it would look at what professionals in different industries, what kind of news they were reading. And then it would look for, um, to try to, it would then try to understand what was really popular with people in certain industries. And we would show that to more people in that industry. So if accountants were, um, were focused on or were, were, were clicking more extensively on certain headlines, that gave us a hint that this was probably interesting to more accountants. And that was really where we started. It was this kind of news aggregator that was based on industry understanding. And w- right before I joined, the the, pro- the, the, uh, the product manager who was running this was calling me up. She's like, what, what tools do you need? And I was like, I don't even know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure what, what we're launching. I, I, don't, what, what, I, I don't even know what that means. What tools do I need? And so I started and it was really like thrown in the deep end. Um, and, uh, and, and there were certain people that, that had ideas about what I should do. I had a kind of vague idea of what I should do. And, uh, but other people around me really had absolutely no idea. So yeah, on the first day, on the, it was the first week on the job, uh, someone brought over an infographic and said, can you, you're, you're our new editor. Can you, can you look over this? Can you copy out of it? And was that just checking for typos, using taking out the red yeah. pen? Yeah, and and it, and I just remember thinking, like, I have I've made a huge mistake. What, what am I doing? And um, but it was the greatest. I mean, the truth is, it was it was an incredible wake up call for me. It made me. Um, I, I can look back now and say that at the time it didn't feel like an incredible wake up call, but uh, looking back now, it was this moment where I had to really think about what it was that I was, what skills I had that I could bring to the company, and really trying to carve out what I thought. Um, LinkedIn needed or, or or why I'd been hired. And one of the interesting things about being at, I think most tech companies work this way is you really try to hire people who have certain skills or certain abilities. And then you expect them to kind of find their own way a lot of times, or at least that's the way it worked at LinkedIn at the time. Um, and it still is the way my team functions uh, in some ways is we really try to bring people in and we're like, here's the strategy. And here's what we think you should be doing, but you go figure out whether this is the right thing or not, and start building, um, and start building, telling us what we need to build. And so, at first at LinkedIn today, I would so it was this kind of algorithmic approach to to being a news aggregator, and I was looking at it and saying, well, there are certain stories that yes, this might be good for accountants, but in fact, this is a great story for everybody. And if we are going to be, um, you know, if our our mission is to help the professional world get ahead and to make sure that people are on these economic paths that they need to be on, then you need to know about more than just what's going on. If you're an accountant, you need to know more about than things that are just other accountants are reading. You need to understand the big trends that are happening. You need to pop that filter bubble. You need to see, you need to be able to connect dots that are going on outside of your industry. 
And it occurred to me that being an editor, that's, that is one of the skill sets that an editor has, is being able to see things and say, you didn't know that you needed to see this, but you should. And so when I first started, one of the first things I did was started just taking some of this algorithmic content and putting it in a hero slot and saying, this is good for everybody. This is good for journalists and accountants and people in real estate and people in you know me- medicine, or this is inter- interesting for these other areas, or this is totally wrong. The algorithmic, algorithm got it totally wrong. And, uh, and, and out of that, I kind of started forming what became the, uh, the idea for the team, which is that we should be about helping people build their voice through news, ideas, and community. And this idea that it's, you know, why are we bringing news to people on LinkedIn? It wasn't just so that you could see something and click on it and read it. It was because news has always been a way that people connect with other people. That you meet someone at a conference and you talk about something, and then a week later you see an article that is relevant to what you got the discussion that you had with that other person. So what do you do? You share it with them. Hey Tim, read this great article, and you know, remember we were talking about this at the conference two weeks ago, and you know, this is my thoughts on it. What do you think about it? And it becomes this way to start great conversations. And so at the time at LinkedIn, there was no way to start a conversation publicly. You could do it privately, but that was it. But that was the thinking is let's get Let's success for us should be getting conversations started. These should all be ways, and not just random conversations, but ways that people build off of it. And so even when I was writing articles for Fortune or Forbes or Wired or Portfolio, it was always with the idea that those, you know, the, the greatest feeling was when someone was reading, you would see someone reading your article on a plane or ripping it out because that meant they were going to talk to their teams about it. It was like you wanted your articles to take on a life afterwards. And that is how we think about content on LinkedIn is that it's got to take on this life. Whether it's a, a publisher writing something or or a individual sharing some thought, if it just goes out to an empty room and then disappears, it's no good. But if it sparks these ideas and gets other people talking and sharing their own unique perspective, then people are learning from each other. So that's that, that, that was the start of this goal. And then we've just built on top of it. So we've been kind of strolling down memory lane to kind of race ahead to the more present. It feels like the biggest new development with LinkedIn News is that you all are creating content. Now, like, you know, you've been curating content, you've been getting contributors to be creating content, but you have this podcast network now. You just recently hired Courtney Coop from CNN to be the first head of original programming. I mean, let's you know start there. First head of original programming. What 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 are the ambitions? When are the first original shows going to be rolling out under Courtney? Sure. Well, can I take it back a step though before we go into to Courtney? It's just kind of um, paint a picture for how this all works. So, if the mission is to help build the voice of the professional world through news, ideas, and community. We can do that in, in four ways. And this is something that I used to get made fun of endlessly for my team for coming up with what was the three C's and is now the four C's. But I think this works to to explain. I use this as a way for, for editors to think about what it is that they can do during the day. And this has been true since the early days of the editorial team on LinkedIn, is you can create content, curate content, cultivate voices, or circulate content. So create has always been part of the experience. Now, in the early days, there was no way to create. So we didn't. That was not one of our original Cs. But 10 years ago this month, we launched the Influencer Program, and we launched uh, long-form posting on LinkedIn with that. So this is a um, – at the this time, the there was no – the seeds of bro tree. 
this Sorry. was this was this predates this predates uh, that unique form of um, <laughs> of, uh, of of LinkedIn verbiage. We can talk about that though. But the um, the at, at the time we were we were thinking about how to have how to enable people to build their voice in a much more in a, in a way that that will always be linked to their professional identities. And um, so we built a publishing platform, and we launched it initially with about a hundred people. I think it was a hundred people, uh, and we called them LinkedIn influencers. And this was like an invite-only program. It was everyone from Richard Branson to people who were experts in supply chain management. And um, and 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 as part of that, the editors could also write. We gave this the the, the writing ability to all, to all editors. So even from the very beginning, we were creating original content. Um, and, uh, and but, but one of the things that the, the way I think about it with the team is we could create original content, but if the mission is to build this, the voice of other people, you got to think about what which of those four C's you are doing that will have the biggest impact. Sometimes creating is the way that you have the biggest impact. So Jesse Hempel, as an example, is um, is the uh, someone I used to work with at Fortune. Um, and 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 a wired, and she now runs a podcast on LinkedIn called Hello Monday. It's a great podcast. It's a great use of Jesse's time because she talks about workplace issues and how people um, navigate their careers, and it gets people talking in a way that we couldn't do otherwise. It creates this intimacy with members where they want to share their own personal stories of how they're thinking about managing their own careers or what's tripping them up at work. Um, so that's, that was creation. That was early on we were creating, or I was writing newsletters and articles, um, as long as we had the the publishing platform. Now, the hiring of Courtney Coop is designed to push us in a more professional way through creating original video and audio content. If you look at, I have about, there are about 180 people on the, um, on the editorial team at LinkedIn, but half that team comes from a business journalism background. And almost all of the all of those who come from a business journalism background are come from mostly writing. So it's a text heavy team. When you're creating audio or creating video, it takes a unique there's there's something unique about creating that content. First of all, it's expensive to make. You know, it takes a lot of time, it takes unique resources. And you can't, you know, with writing, you publish something, and if it doesn't work, you just publish something again the next day. And you're always like, you're just the the, the cost to to creation of text content is so low um, that you can just keep experimenting and throwing stuff against the wall. Did that work? Did that work? Did that work? Keep trying again. That's not true with video. And so, what you really want with video is someone who uh, has an expertise in creating stories that um, that that people love, and that more importantly, not just love, but that gets people talking. So what I loved about I've been a follower of Great Big Story f- since the beginning, which was something that Courtney had started uh, at CNN. These great mini documentaries about people's lives and experiences, and in three minutes she was talking about professional um, experiences that people have had. I mean, goes she was telling all kinds of experiences, but the ones that really resonated with me were these career experiences. The person who developed a career by speed talking. The um, the guy who invented the NASA scientist who invented the super soaker, the person who invented Control Alt Delete. I mean, like in three minutes, she would tell these incredible stories that talk about how people had stumbled their way into finding a career that worked for them, or inventing something that changed how business works. And 
what was great about those stories is they were universal tales that get other people to tell their own stories. Oh, this happened to me, or this gave me an idea about what I could do in my own career. And so if you think about what, without explaining, without saying yet what, how you were going to see this on LinkedIn, um, you know, that, that is what Courtney's goal is now is to tell those kind of stories, but to do it where success is, we got other people telling their own stories. That is always what success is for us is, did we create something that other they sparked ideas and got other people to start telling their own unique experiences at work or in the careers that they have or that they want to have? Uh, so Courtney's looking at that right now. And then she's also running the LinkedIn Podcast Network, which is a, a network of about a dozen, over a dozen podcasts now that are uh, hosted by, that, that are all about professional topics and uniquely who have hosts that are investing in building communities on LinkedIn. So the LinkedIn Podcast Network, I mean, it really should be called a LinkedIn Podcaster Network because the idea is let's find podcast hosts who want to really move beyond broadcast, who see this, see their role as hosting a conversation, not necessarily just talking to a crowd. Um, and so people who are in the podcast hosts who are in the LinkedIn Podcast Network also have LinkedIn newsletters and they do LinkedIn Lives and they have office hours and they are committed to building a community of people who want to learn, not necessarily who just want kind of a passive stream of, of content coming, coming at them. Um, so that's like, if you, if you think about the, the four C's, that is Courtney is all about create and Courtney's team is all about create, but the wider editorial team is creating all the time. We have people who are uh, subject matter experts in finance and healthcare and small business, and they're writing newsletters, and they're getting other people to write newsletters. Um, we have uh, we have editors in Germany and in India who are focused on students, and they write newsletters and they host lives and do events that are all about um, topics that are relevant to students who are just about to enter the workforce. So in each one of these areas, we have people who are focused on create, but it's really just one of four ways that we can do our jobs. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. On the video front, so doing original video series, it sounds like not necessarily just one-offs. Is Courtney going to be hiring like a dedicated in-house video team? Or are you just going to be farming out video productions? Yeah. So I don't know if it's series or not series. Courtney just started two weeks ago. So we're really just, uh, you know, we're at the early stages here of working out what the strategy is. Could be series, could be one-offs. I don't know what we're going to do yet. Um, we have a video team. We've got a really highly accomplished video team um, in-house. And these are people who come from Fortune and Bloomberg um, and, uh, and independent producers who have shot for everyone. Um, and, uh, and we have people who are experts in podcasts. We also have you know, one part of, uh, of LinkedIn is, is called LinkedIn Learning. I don't know if you're familiar with LinkedIn yeah, Learning. Linda. It's the it was exactly. It used to be called Linda. So huge uh, campus out in Carpinteria outside of LA, um, north of LA. And um, we've got sound stages and, and incredible, um, incredible studios for recording learning courses. So these are courses you might spend days with becoming an expert in a- anything from a particular computer language to Photoshop to learning negotiation skills. I mean, there's all kinds of, of, uh, of skills that you can learn on LinkedIn Learning. And we highly leverage that team for doing almost everything that we do. So when, we, when LinkedIn bought LinkedIn Learning, I remember the, the, I don't know, like a month afterwards, the learning, the head of learning came to New York, which is where I'm based. 
and saw our studios. We had a, a small studio in the Empire State Building, which is where we're based. And um, I remember she just, we, it was really homegrown. I mean, at this time, like we were trying to figure out video and audio and we were doing it. We were kind of stumbling our way into it. And she just came and was like, what is this? This is not how you build a professional <laughs> studio. You're not storing your your audio and video, right? How are you like, how are you, how are you tracking your assets? How are you tracking equipment? I was like, oh, you know. Her name is Tanya. I was like, Tanya, we have absolutely no idea what we're doing. And so she professionalized all of that. So Courtney comes in with a team that has that is light years beyond where it was when I first uh, launched it. Um, and then she's going to bring her own, you know, decades of experience and figure out exactly what it is we need to create for the future. Got it. And is the idea to be creating these original videos for that'll just be distributed on LinkedIn? Or is there going to be streaming service, maybe a LinkedIn plus in the works? Interesting. Um, I don't know. I think that the the most important um, outcome of this is that it helps people find, you know, connect dots and find experiences that they wouldn't and gets them talking. If that means going off off LinkedIn to do it, great. If that means we do that only on LinkedIn, great. We're still we're, we're not wedded to one particular place, and I, I assume that like with video everywhere, this will live everywhere. Um, but I firmly believe that the the professional context of LinkedIn is what enables us to have trusted conversations. So I would assume that 75, 90% of the viewing and conversations about these videos takes place on LinkedIn. What you see on LinkedIn is that when people are, because people comment and share with their real identities and there is no anonymity on LinkedIn, the conversations are just more, they are, they're professional. They tend to be a little bit more, um, uh, people are more careful about what they're saying because they know they're, boss or their future boss is going to see what they're saying. And they are, they know what they say is going to, is, is, is attached to their profile. And so they're just, they, they, they're just more discriminating in, in what they're talking about and how they're talking about it. That enables us to have these, that enables us to have a site where people can talk with a sort of psychological safety to know that there are other people like them who are listening and they're not going to get trolled. So I expect most of the conversations around these videos to happen on LinkedIn, which means that you'll, most of the views will happen on LinkedIn. And what are you seeing when it comes to what works with video on LinkedIn, especially, you know, comparing and contrasting to video on other platforms? Like, I don't expect anyone goes to LinkedIn and expect to see videos like what they watch on TikTok. But I also don't imagine anyone goes to LinkedIn and is looking to watch more webinars, for yeah. example. Well, they do actually like webinars. Um, yeah, I mean, this is you got to realize the the professional context for why people come to LinkedIn is they are trying to build new skills or get ahead in in their economic journey. And sometimes a webinar is exactly what you need to do. That the um, we've got a, a, a live events product that, and if you look at what let me just pull up what some of these live events that are going on right now. Let's see. Come on, oh, my phone died. All right, so I'll do that later. But the, um, the you know the kind of the kind of events that are on LinkedIn, you'll see things like how to run a, a, a sales team, when how to build a, a great sales team, or um, how do you deal with employees who are quiet quitting, or uh, I mean, just, you know, what's the future for commercial real estate in Dallas? These are like the these would these are topics that can do well on LinkedIn because people are here with their professional hats on. 
and they are ones that are not going to do elsewhere, do well elsewhere. Like that is not the kind of stuff that's going to go viral on TikTok. These, this, 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 these, these are topics that are uniquely professionally relevant, and so that they they do well here. Now that doesn't mean it's all sort of dry webinar like content. If people are, we see a lot of creators who, uh, and contributors who are sharing videos that are just them showing off how they do things. Um, a lot of behind the scenes content does really well. Behind the scenes videos do really well on LinkedIn. How I built X, how I do, uh, there's, I'll give you an example. There's a, um, a guy that does stop motion animation largely for commercials. And so he'll post the final stop motion animation. Well, that'll show up on YouTube. But the how I did this stop animation shows up on LinkedIn. And, and that's, I think, a perfect metaphor is the people explaining how it is that they are running their companies or building their careers. That Those kind of videos do well on LinkedIn because people want to – they're struggling with the same thing. They're like, shoot, I don't know. Is that a profession for me? Could I do this? What does it mean to do this? They love uh, – LinkedIn members love that sort of content. So I would say anything that's, that is about the professional world that takes you behind the scenes or that helps explain how to get ahead does really well. Got it. And so, I mean, you already have, as you mentioned, individuals who are posting videos on LinkedIn, companies that are posting videos on LinkedIn Digital. We, po- we post videos on LinkedIn. But now, you know, with LinkedIn, like you already have video versions of the daily rundown and the wrap up newsletters. Um, but then, you know, pushing into original video programming under Courtney. Why do that? What's the reason? for pushing into original video programming beyond what you're um, currently doing? Yeah, there's a couple reasons. One is that you can get a certain level of storytelling in video that you just can't, or is harder to get in text. Um, and you can you can deliver such powerful messages through through the way you shoot something and the way that you, the kind of graphics you use and the pacing and the and the background music that can, that just pulls people out of their comfort zone or, you know, has this kind of emotional connection that's really hard to get with other kinds of content. And it takes real expertise to pull this off. Um, so it's really easy to create bad video. And bad video is sort of rough to experience. Good video is the kind of thing that you remember and you share it and you talk about it and you keep thinking about it. I mean, I go back like to one of these early videos that that I saw from Courtney's um, experience, and I mentioned this already, was the, the the guy who built a career out of being the world's fastest talker. I must have, I don't know, she probably created that video eight years ago, seven years ago. I'm not even sure how long ago that was, five years ago. I still share that thing around. I still talk about it. It is a timeless story about somebody who, in fact, Courtney was like, you got to quit talking about that one. That was like one of 8,000 videos I made, and that's the one you keep bringing up. Um, but it resonated with me. It was the kind of thing where this guy discovered a skill that he had that turned out to be economically viable. And through a ser- through other people helping him out and through having people who said to him, this is a job, he discovered that was going to be his career. He made his, he made his life out of it. You could read an article on that and it would do great, but so- somehow seeing him go through this was inspired something else in me. And so we want other people to have those same kind of experiences. We know that if we can show the real, what people are like in the real life and the and what they experience um, through the eyes of the camera, that it will just have a different impact. It gets shared around, it gets talked about. So that's one big reason to do it. Two is that the 
uh, younger generation of users of LinkedIn, video is a is the way that they talk. I mean, this is a it is a, a much easier mode for them to communicate, um, and it and it's an expected mode to communicate. They will create videos without thinking twice about it. So you have to be a video. You can't be a communications platform and not have video work really well on your site. Um, and you know, so a, a way I like to think about LinkedIn is it, we often just mirror the business world. You know, we mirror the world that we all work in. So if people are talking about certain topics in their in the office, they're usually talking about those topics on LinkedIn. And if they're communicating in a certain way in the office, they're usually communicating in that way on LinkedIn. Video, that's the case of video as well. You increasingly see managers who are sharing their, um, you know, their wins and their losses or talking to their team over video. We've all just spent two and a half years just communicating over video. It's just become the way that we do business now. And so you have to be able to have a uh, – LinkedIn has to be able – has to be a, a first-class platform for video. Got it. And then – podcasting too like you all launched the linkedin podcast network in february of this year i believe so what's the scope of the linkedin podcast network like you mentioned you're working with people you know who aren't employees of linkedin who have podcasts like colin samir to youtube creators who we had on the podcast earlier this year they're part of the linkedin podcast network and these aren't podcasts that are being produced and only distributed on LinkedIn. They're available through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, I'm sure people's podcast platform of choice where you can listen to the Digiday podcast as well, I'm sure. Um, what? So what is the LinkedIn Podcast Network? Yeah, LinkedIn Podcast Network is over currently over a dozen podcasts that are about professional topics um, and where there are hosts who have a... Um, deep connection to their listeners. So we're looking for, in particular, we start with the hosts. Who are the, We start with the topic, and then we look for the host. Is this a topic that we know is important to LinkedIn users? Is it a um, one that fits with our professional context? And then is there a host or hosts, in the case of Colin and Samir, or Brown Table Talk is another great one, where you have hosts that, that want to keep building out, they want to talk to their listeners. And that's the big part is they want to get um, – they want to be, make sure that they are getting a uh, uh, their listeners to really chime in with their own ideas. So we're looking for hosts that, who want to build this two-way street. Um, and, and the thinking on, on the podcast network is th- there's, there's some data that, that just shows that um, professionals over-index on podcast listening. This is like a key way that people get information. And we know that if you're commuting or if you're between businesses or when you're doing the dishes or folding laundry, in my case, um, you know, a lot of people will have one headphone in and be listening to a podcast and they're getting their information in a really unique way through podcasts. If our mission is to help people be better professionals and to connect that economic opportunity, that means doing that on LinkedIn or off LinkedIn. That means whether you have the app open or the app closed, LinkedIn should be helping you on this mission, on this journey. And so podcasts offer us an incredible way to be in people's ears all the time. Um, but we don't have to own them. It's not, it's not, this is not LinkedIn saying we're going to produce all our own podcasts. We want to find, in the same way that we want to get people to light up their voices, um, uh, no matter wh- where they are in their professional careers, it's the same thing with podcasts. We want to find incredible hosts who get other people talking and who share great ideas. And then the other 
um, part about podcasts is podcast hosts, podcasters are great at bringing on guests who otherwise wouldn't share this knowledge. And so, I mean, on a, you know, I'm a, a podcast fanatic. Um, what I love about it is this long form conversation gets people talking or, or, or sharing ideas that they might not have shared otherwise. You know, you give people room to just chat in this kind of intimate setting. And suddenly they're, I think, I, you know, a great podcast host is, is, is bringing out ideas that this person's never shared before. And those ideas might be the exact idea that someone who's listening needs to be able to change jobs or to ignite their own job or to abandon a, a project they were working on or start a new project. It's just it is all about that dot connecting. And that happens in this long space as we are coming up with ideas, as a knowledge seeker is getting this information from like a knowledge creator. So podcasts are just this amazing uh, vehicle for getting knowledge out into the world, and we want to be part of it. So, but what's different about a podcast once it becomes part of the LinkedIn podcast network versus like before, like Colin and Samir, their podcast was part of it, was uh, around before I joined the LinkedIn podcast network, someone who listens to Got their it. podcast. The only thing that I've really noticed different is now at the start of each episode, they say, hey, we're part of the LinkedIn podcast network, and they kind of talk about the podcast network, but I haven't noticed any other differences. Got it. Yeah, there's two differences. One is that we we sell the LinkedIn sells the ads into the podcast, so we'll we are um, you know major uh, ad player, and we and do you share our, that revenue with the creators? Yeah, the creators are all paid as okay. being part of this. What are the terms um, of that? I don't think we are public with those with what those terms are, and they 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 are um, determined by you know uh, conversations with the with the hosts. Um. And, uh, the, um, the, uh, so we sell the, so, so one is that we sell the ads into it. Um, and then two is that we bring the hosts into the, um, the creator ecosystem. So we have a, a group of, uh, of people who are creator managers at LinkedIn or community managers at LinkedIn. And each one of these podcast hosts gets a community manager, has someone assigned to them. And that person is just uh, just concentrates on making sure that these podcast hosts are building up a community on LinkedIn. And then we form a community with the hosts also. They have a group where they can share ideas about what's working and what's not working. Um, they all get LinkedIn newsletters. They get. Uh, we try to make sure that their content is doing well on LinkedIn and we're paying attention to what they're posting and sharing. Um, try to connect that content to the right people at the right time. So they get a lot of one-on-one um, uh, -on -one support to make sure that they are able to build their voices in an extremely good way on LinkedIn. Got it. What are they finding is working or is not working when it comes to business podcasts as, you know, ask the host of a business podcast? Yeah. Um, what's working or not working? I mean, I think that if you are comparing yourself to the, it, it, it depends on what the, what is success for any one of these particular hosts. So if you were hoping to become, you know, as big as a true crime podcast, that is not where business podcasts are. Business podcasts are much more about connecting to exactly the right audience and of getting economic opportunities out of knowing that right audience. So what do we see our hosts beyond getting paid to be part of the um, LinkedIn podcast network? By building up your persona and having your dedicated following even beyond your listeners, good things start happening. You start getting uh, speaking gigs and book deals and 
uh, increased distribution and, um, you know, there are jobs, you get hired for things. This is the same thing we see with all of the creators on LinkedIn who, when they devote their, what we hear back from people who are focused on creating on LinkedIn is that LinkedIn creation is about creating for opportunity, not necessarily creating for creator's sake. So it's not about people who have, who are, who are, who focus on building their voices on LinkedIn tell us that what they get out of it is economic opportunities that they wouldn't get elsewhere. And those economic opportunities are often uh, advertisers saying or a brand saying, we want you to, um, you know, represent us in this one particular area. We want to pay you to come and shoot a commercial for us. We want you to come speak at our conference coming up uh, on this date. We want you to come in and help lead a training. A lot of these people will, will hosts will have separate businesses that just do trainings or, um, you know, information sharing, or often they'll have courses. So a good example is Kwame Christensen, who's an expert on uh, negotiation. He's got a whole LinkedIn learning course. He gets paid by LinkedIn Learning, and this course is all about how to be a better negotiator. He's hired all over the world to teach negotiation skills. The podcast is what gets him into that, creates that intimate connection with listeners. You're walking around with your headphones on, and you're, you have this guy talking in your ear, and you trust what he's saying, and you've gotten, you've used it in your real life. That you're like, I need to hire Kwame to come and speak at my next conference or train my team. So that's how that's where the economic opportunity comes outside of whatever the payments are for uh, for ads. Got it. And then, as you mentioned, of the dozen podcasts in the LinkedIn Podcast Network, some are like part of LinkedIn, like Jesse Hempel's Hello Monday, with the original podcast that Courtney is going to be overseeing. Uh, the creation of are those going to be different types of podcasts? Like, will that include narrative series? It's a great question. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, maybe we will. I think anything is on. It starts with first principles, which is what do we need to do to be able to get people to talk about what it is that they are that they know in their own professional lives, the kind of information they're seeking. If a narrative series is the best way to do that, then absolutely we'll do narrative series. If interview shows are the best way to do it, we'll do interview shows. But I don't think that we are married to any – knowing that what we are trying to do is get people talking, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm open to any kind of, of medium or understanding of, of, of how we do it. Um, so – we we are you know it's it is still very very early days for Courtney so we are still figuring we're still determining the strategy but um, I I think that that is definitely a possibility. Got it. And then lastly, start of the year, Insider had a story talking about you know the kind of hiring spree you all had been on at that time. It was you know you had ninety five journalists now I believe more than a hundred. What are the hiring plans heading into 2023 and especially like any specific areas, roles or skill sets that you're looking to hire for? Uh, it's a good question. Um, if you look at how we were hiring last year, a lot of our hiring was focused on bringing people into markets where we knew through having editorial and creator and community management presence, we could have a bigger impact on the professional uh, uh, world in that particular area. So we launched a um, we launched teams all over Europe and in, in Asia and South America. Um, and those teams are really the kind of things that they work on are creating newsletters or creating um, uh, daily rundown and the evening wrap up. You mentioned those are, are, are start of the morning and end of the day updates on on what's been going on in the in the business news. 
They will make sure that we have the right voices talking on LinkedIn. So these are people who are experts who have expertise in areas where we know members in those countries want to hear more of. Um, sometimes we'll launch podcasts. We have a podcast in France also. Uh, and, um, and, and, and then sometimes we'll do original shows, a lot of like live programming where we'll bring on newsmakers and do interviews and through the ability to bring, you know, through these journalists' ability to bring on really important people and carry on great conversations, the, 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 um, the conversation on the platform lights up with other people who want to ask that person questions. So we do a lot of interview shows. I think right now, now that we've in, we're in those markets, this is a year about making sure that we are understanding where success is, what's working, what's not working, and hiring will be determined based on where we need to double down and um, and where we've seen great experiences, what we can copy from one market and bring it to the next. So I don't have the answers yet on what that looks like in terms of hiring. We, we are still in the ramp up stage in each one of those countries. So we'll see. I'll tell you that one of the greatest, one of the places where we've been most successful is in LinkedIn lists. I don't know if you've seen these, but we do a number of lists throughout the year using unique LinkedIn data to try to help people better understand the world around them. So we just launched last week the uh, LinkedIn Top Startups, which takes data on, um, on, on companies who are seven years old or younger, who have at least 50 employees, who are privately uh, held in each one of these countries. This is one that Discord tops the list, I think. Exactly. Yeah, Discord, Gong, um, uh, uh, Brex. And and we try to determine which, which of these companies that are in demand among job seekers and, and, and top talent. That's something that you can use to understand where you want to take your own career. So that's a big focus for us. It has worked incredibly well. Like one of the countries where it's, it's, it's working the best right now is it, or, or surprising us and how well it's working is Indonesia. It's our first year launching there. Um, and so we kind of keep building that out and seeing what works. And then we add people based on if something's working, we try to throw more resources at it. Got it. So as you mentioned, so you are hiring. You're not in hiring freeze like a lot of the media sector at this point. We are not, no. Okay. What do you expect the headcount to be by year's end? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question also. Um, my guess is we'll be basically where we are right now. And with, you know, we're, we're at 100, about 180 right now. I, I think we'll probably be there at the end of the year. I'm not, there's no, there's no, our, 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 our rapid hiring is, is, was last year. And this year is about absorbing. So I don't think that we will, we'll add, you know, ones or twos now, but that's going to be about it. And that, of that 180, how many are journalists? Cause like someone reading that insider article, January was 95 and now 180. Yeah. That's pretty uh, rapid. About, ha- about half are journalists. So okay. that's right. Got yeah. it. So it's still about 95. And then half are, half are community managers. Exactly. Okay. So about 95 for journalists. Got yep. It. Cool. Dan Roth, great talking with you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for listening to the Digiday Podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like. And we'll be back next week with another episode.